Hey guys, this is Rob and welcome to a special episode of the podcast. If you've been following along with this podcast, you know that every week I sit down uh, with people I find intriguing to get past, try and get past, if I can, if I can get past at all, if it's at all possible for me to get past the what it is they do, to try and figure out who they are, why they do it, and what I can learn from them. That's my goal. And in the intros of this podcast, I am typically sitting down over a pint of Guinness with my wife, Sarah. It's chill. It's fun. I have a blast every week doing it. Here, here's, I kind of feel, here's the deal. I feel weird. And here's why. The common denominator of all the episodes, except for maybe two in there, the common denominator is that I'm joined by somebody else. I'm having a conversation, and that is my element. I feel comfortable. Uh, it's uh, a blast. Uh, but I've the re- I'm actually pumped about this, along with feeling kind of goofy, because I feel like what I'm going to share with you today is something, some a few questions that have changed my life and interactions I have with other people. Uh, for the past three or so months, people have been coming up to me and asking me, what have you learned over the past year and a half doing this podcast? I love that question because the answer is endless, uh, mainly because the things I've learned about doing this podcast are coming from mistakes I think I've made. Uh, if you record yourself talking with another person and then have to listen back to that every week. It's almost cringeworthy. So I feel like every week I'm constantly learning something new uh, about myself and about other people and about the art of conversation. So this has just been a crazy learning experience for me. So uh, I was in a green room this weekend and someone asked me that question and I had this idea. What if I sat down and I recorded some of my thoughts to you of things I've learned that I feel have benefited my life? As I was thinking about that, I thought, well, most likely you are not in a place where you are interviewing people for a podcast or a professional setting. Uh, and I, so I started thinking about you and where you are in life, both physically, most likely you are, maybe you're driving in a car on your way to work right now. Maybe you are mowing your lawn, as some people have told me they do with listening to this podcast, or on a bike ride, uh, or you are maybe going for a run, or you're doing dishes at home. These are all, I'm just thinking of all the things I do when I listen to my favorite podcasts. But then I also thought about not just like where you are physically, but where are you in life? What interactions are you having? What are questions I've learned that I feel can benefit you right now in a tactful, non-self-helpy, but just intentional way right now? So here's what I come up with. I want to share with you a story of a New Year's resolution that I made in 2006 that changed my life forever and essentially gave me what I consider a superpower uh, that helps me even leading up to doing these podcast interviews I do with people. And I want to share with you five questions that I guarantee will transform your interactions with other people and humanity right now that you can implement in your life. All right, so the year is 2006. I'm in college studying musical performance, and I don't know where I got this idea for this New Year's resolution, uh, but I remember uh, I remember it being one of those times where I thought to myself, this is something I'm going to stick with. This isn't, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym every day for the, no, here, the New Year's resolution that came to my mind was that for the next year, if a question popped into my mind, 
and there was someone around me that could answer it, I was going to ask it. That was my rule. I had to ask it no matter how embarrassed I felt. So uh, shortly after that, uh, I found myself in studio scenarios where uh, naturally, you know, you're in there, you're working with a producer, an engineer, and they're twisting the knob on a, uh, a piece of gear that you have no idea what the hell that thing does, and but you don't want to sound like an idiot. You want to seem like a professional, so you just uh, pretend like you know what you're doing. You don't ask the question, uh, but the biggest thing is we miss out on learning experiences, big and small. And so I remember I probably was, if I could look back at myself, I was probably the most annoying person in the world from things like that in my professional life to uh, things I would consider smaller scenarios where, uh, here's an example. Think about uh, going into a coffee shop. Do you guys remember when the whole third wave coffee movement started happening and you would go into a coffee shop like a Starbucks or even these new boutique coffee shops and they would have the list of their coffee drinks and half of them you don't have any idea what they are. I remember seeing things like a macchiato or a ristretto shot. I don't know, like all these different names that are most likely Italian or something and I have no idea what they were. So what happens to me is I end up looking for the name that I'm comfortable with and I know, oh, I know what a latte is. And I end up just ordering the same thing over and over because I am too afraid to ask uh, what these other questions are. I'm just saying this in that even in the small scenarios of like coffee shops, I would have forced myself to ask, okay, what is this? What's this word mean? What's in this drink? Uh, and it just was incessant for a year. And two things happened. Number one, this New Year's resolution became a habit of mine that transformed my life because after the year was over, uh, the habit of just asking the questions as they popped in my mind uh, just continued on throughout my life. Even to this day, I just naturally, I'm just going to throw it out there. And the second thing that happened is it instilled within me what I consider to be an inner relational superpower that I, it's like one of the greatest tools in my back pocket to connecting with other humans to this day. And that superpower is the willingness to make myself look like an idiot in return for connection with another person or to learn something new. So that's that superpower. I mean, maybe that sounds goofy that I'm saying it's a superpower, but really, uh, as I've interacted with other people and I've realized other people's crippling am- amounts of, uh, you know, it's when that ego kicks in to say that, si- that we were trained ever since uh, uh, we were kids to sit down, be quiet, don't ask that question, don't bug your teachers, there's a right and a wrong place to ask questions. That uh, that ego kicks in and silences us from asking the questions we have. So I, r- I remember... Uh, uh, just uh, training myself to be put in uncomfortable situations until I just didn't give a single crap what this person thought about me. If they thought I was, maybe they'll think I'm not legit or something. Anyways, that willingness to make myself look like an idiot freed me up completely. So 
from that year on, 2006 to today, that's 12 years. For the next 12 years, I'd find myself obsessing about questions. I love, if I've got a few minutes, if I was going to watch a YouTube video or something online, I found myself drawn to interviews. I started obsessing about uh, the way people ask questions uh, and how that would either open someone up that they were talking to or close the person down. And so it put me on this journey of obsessing about how can I find questions that would change the way I interact with people. So let me, I want to dive in to five questions that are actually mindset changes that I believe will transform your life. If you write these down, if you review them at the beginning of every day, if you have some of them, I've turned into games that I'm, that I kind of play with myself that I am really actually kind of hesitant to tell you right now because I haven't really told anybody about this and it's kind of personal. It could make me sound like a total weirdo. Uh, but if you commit to this, I guarantee it'll change the way you interact with the world. So question number one, I'm constantly asking myself is what can I learn from this person? Uh, This actually comes from a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson where he said, every man is superior to me in some way and in that I can learn from him. And I have found that to be the, this is probably the biggest game changer. If there's one question that will change your life, it's obsessing about every person that you come in contact and meet. Uh, If you ask yourself, what does this person know that I don't? This actually has turned into a game of mine that I've played even before doing this podcast. And my game is, if I meet someone new, if I find myself in interactions with uh, someone, whether I am in line at a grocery store, well, that's that's probably too weird. I'm not diving into a conversation with a lot of people like that. But if I'm if I've just met someone, okay, that's probably what it is. If I've just met someone, the game I play in my head is I remind myself that this person holds within them a truth or information or knowledge or experience that I am a complete idiot about. And my goal within the next five minutes of interacting with this person or however many minutes this conversation is going to be, my goal is to figure out what they know that I don't know and what I can learn from them. The second question, it sounds simple, but it's a mindset change that will completely transform your conversation with someone. What are this person's interests and hobbies? In a world where... It is so natural for us to. Uh, it's so natural for us to talk about things we like to talk about. Sometimes we can forget about diving in, then intentionally digging into trying to figure out. Okay, what is what's like a hobby this person has? Maybe I don't know. I'm thinking of like I'm looking out my window right now. I'm seeing a garden outside. Maybe they're into gardening, or they're maybe into landscaping. I do not give a single crap about either of those. Uh, but some of the greatest kind conversations I've had with people are uh, me finding out what a hobby of theirs is. Oh, you are a, uh, I don't know, what is something? Oh, okay. Um, This weekend, I was playing up in Lino Lakes, and I found myself in conversation with a janitor who cleans uh, the facilities there. We were just talking, and I found out that his previous job before his occupation in janitorial services or whatever you want to call it, custodial, whatever you'd call it, 
uh, is that he was actually he was actually a professional baker, and that he still likes to bake to this day, and that's kind of a joy of his, and how he uh, that led to his loving to wake up early before everybody else, and I learned that he uh, would he would finish his day and be getting home at 10 a.m. when other people were starting their day, and that was fascinating. So we had a whole conversation on baking bread, and it was awesome. Only from this question of trying to figure out what this other person's interests and hobbies are. And this has kind of a secondary question I like to ask myself is what interests do I have in common with this person? Uh, My number one goal, if I'm going to be in a longer conversation with someone, maybe maybe you find yourself sitting on next to someone on an airplane uh, and they are incessantly talking to you. My goal is to dig and try to discover what interests do we have in common that we can talk about. So that is, if you want your conversations to not feel like work, try to discover what interests you have in common. Okay. The third question I ask myself in regards to interacting with other people has to do with this world we live in. We, I feel like I find myself in a world divided by opinions constantly, whether you're on like Facebook or you're on uh, in person, whether it's political, religious. I see so many people nowadays, it almost seems like in an an intentional decision to put up a wall, draw a line in the sand and say, I am only going to interact with you. I'm only going to be friends with you. I'm only going to have in-depth conversations with you if you agree with me. I feel like people are doing themselves a disservice and do not know how to have a conversation with someone that degree disagrees with them completely, even if you believe and hold firmly to what you're talking about. And the question that would transform your interaction with someone is this, what would make a sane and intelligent person think this way? Uh, and there's two sides to this question. Number one is the what. What, what happened to this person? Uh, what belief system do they abide by? What is going on in their lives that makes them feel this way? And the almost even more important side of this question is the side that says, what makes a sane and intelligent person? Acknowledging that, pr- that so often in our conversations with people uh, that disagree with us, the easiest thing to do is to demonize the other person. This guy's a freaking idiot. You don't know what you're talking about, so you completely write off the other person. I think it's so important. It's so important. Impertinent. I don't know where I was going with that, but I think it's so important uh, right now to acknowledge the saneness of this other person and the that this person is not a total idiot. What has happened in their life? Okay. Let's be real. You're going to deal with total idiots, but I feel like this is a great jumping off point that will transform conversations with someone that disagrees with you. All right, moving on. Question number four that I like to ask myself when it comes to interacting with people is how can I make this person feel important in a sincere way? So many of the interactions I have with people, we f- I feel this need, uh, and, and maybe you feel this need too, uh, this need to uh, make ourselves and what we're doing feel important. We've got to prove something to other people. But what if we took a second 
uh, to put our ego aside and how can I make this person feel important no matter where on the totem pole that we have fake created and hierarchy of like the status, no matter where they are in life, how can I make this person feel like what they're saying is important? The key to this is in a sincere way, a way I found myself uh, leaning towards that is uh, being more generous with my attention and conversation. And in that I mean uh, so many times throughout a day we have these tiny interactions, whether you are at a coffee shop with a barista or uh, you are at a restaurant, someone's serving you. How can I acknowledge this person in a way that makes them feel like they matter, they are human, and we are having... Uh, we are having a, an interaction that's meaningful and I care about what they have to say in life. All right, the fifth question, the final question that has changed my life uh, is how long can I remember this person's name? The, there's a book that's changed my life called How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a, by a guy named Dale Carnegie and he talks about a person's name is the sweetest word to their ears. Think about uh, how many times you've run into someone you've met multiple times and they say, oh, hey, buddy, oh, hey, pal, or whatever it is. You're like, oh, you don't remember my name. The, one of the... If you can do one thing to add value to your interactions with people, it is to remember people's names. Now, I'm saying this because I am total shit when it comes to this. I am horrible at remembering people's names, so I've obsessed about this and tried to find different tricks to remembering people's names, techniques, uh, and the number one uh, most successful technique to remembering someone's name is what memory specialists call initial awareness. Maybe I'm the only one. I Okay, I know I'm not the only one because there's a term for it. Initial awareness, the fact that we are not initially aware of someone's name when they say it. It goes in one ear, out the other. So the biggest key to my remembering people's names is number one, when they say their name, listen to it, be initially aware of it, and then use their name at least once or twice in the following conversation. It's not a technique to make, uh, some people use this technique because uh, by using their name in a business setting that it will trigger a sense of connection. With, I don't give a crap about that. But by using their name right when you meet them, it just settles into the fact that you have to initially hear it and use it. And just doing that will make you better at this. I was playing a festival in Wisconsin a few weeks ago. And I met a uh, I met a group. There was a group of four people that were sitting by the merch table, and ended up just striking up a conversation with them. And I found out uh, their names, and I used each of their names. It kind of made it easy because two of the guys had the same name, uh, and then I just remembered uh, the the names of their wives. And so it was great. I had a really quick interaction with them. They left. Later that evening, I ran into them somehow. I think it was outside our hotel. They were, it wasn't like in a creepy way, we, but we, they were there uh, and they were older. I think they were like my parents' age. And I remember using their names when I met them again and they were so blown away that I could tell instantly when I used their names and they, they saw that I remembered who they were. Our conversation went to a new depth almost instantly. I found out so much about them. I had actually ended up finding out that they had driven eight hours just to come to this festival because they're passionate about it. I learned what they do for a living. So that's just an example of 
how the game I play with myself is how long can I remember this person's name? And I'm total crap at that, but at least I'm trying. Uh, so that's it. Five questions, tools that I ask myself on a regular basis that I feel have uh, impacted the way I interact with other people in a world where so much value is placed on having the right answer. Maybe finding the right questions to live our life by is far more valuable. So, I don't know. Those are just five questions I felt have added value to my life. I don't know if any of this resonated with you. Is this some, maybe this is something I should do more. Sharing my thoughts on a few different topics surrounding curiosity and things I've learned, mistakes I've made. But I would love to hear from you. If you agree with any of these, if there's questions that you feel like you've implemented in your life that has changed the way you live and interact with people, uh, reach out to me at thecuriouspod.com slash contact, or you can hit me up on just about any social media at the Rob Morgan is my handle. Uh, and a massive thank you to all of you that have commented, rated, and subscribed here on iTunes. That helps us a ton. Please take a few minutes to rate, comment, and subscribe. If Sarah was here, she'd say four stars only or five stars only, whatever the four st- five stars only. I don't know. I think that's what it is. But that helps a ton in promoting this podcast. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that and joining the conversation. All right. That's all I got. Thanks for hanging out with me, and I hope you have a great rest of your week.